You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince. Welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 14th of July, and we are going to have yet another wonderful show without Vince because poor bastard has to work. And so he can't make the show two weeks in a row. We don't know what that's like, do we? No, no fucking never. Clue. No, no. Work? What's work? I, I don't know. I've got it pretty cushy, so I can't complain too much, but still. Right. I know. It's not like work ever runs my life. Oh, jeez. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on. We don't have a lot to discuss this week, so it's likely going to be a shorter episode, but I did want to still get an episode out, especially because of one of the games for me. There was an interview that was done with uh, Sony Magazine specifically, so you take it with a grain of salt, but it was a very interesting interview with not just a creative director of Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, but also Paul Fletcher who happens to be a University of Cambridge professor whom they got to help with their game. Now, (laughs) what's interesting about that is how Hellblade deals with mental illness. There's a lot of games that try to tackle mental illness, and this has been happening for quite a while. However, as even Paul Fletcher mentioned in that interview, a lot of them don't either don't know what they're doing. I'm paraphrasing, of course, or it's not handled with the respect or, or integrity is the wrong word, but the the actual knowledge of what it is that you're trying to depict. And so it relies often on easy tropes and things that simply are not true because they did not want to, to do that because they wanted to give it not just the attention, but the respect that it deserves they reached out to this professor who was able to educate their team on psychosis. So this interview was very, very cool. The thing with this is that uh, for people who don't care about the science behind things, then they don't care. They just want to play a game that's interesting. And if it feels real, then that's a bonus, but it's not what's ultimately the most important thing about a gameplay for them. Whereas with anybody who has that curiosity in them, who wants something to be as legit as possible when they are playing so that it does feel authentic to whatever the situation may be, it's nice when you see a development studio that is willing to go so far out of their way and at expense to make sure that the product that they they put out is not just one that they can be proud of, but that when it's out can actually help educate people. What I thought most telling about the interview was towards the end when they were talking to, uh, to me, I'm going to butcher this Antoniades, whatever the creative director about it. And he was saying how working with Paul and specifically learning more about psychosis and how the brain interprets reality fundamentally changed his view of the world. 
and oh, I, tree thing, right? I believe that because oh, yeah. again, it's it's it's. I find this stuff fascinating, and I think that that is not just my my personality because I've always been intrigued by, by the sciences, but also as you get older, your appreciation of the sciences of history, especially geography, all of the things that you shunned in high school because you were forced to learn it. As you age, you really begin to appreciate those things for what they are and the value that they they hold for you as well as for society as a whole. And the idea of not just the simple stuff that is seen often of like the dreams interpretation and things like that, but just how your brain works and what that means, not just when there is a mental illness, but also what that means for how you personally interpret the world. And and that's different for everybody. It was really mm-hmm. cool hearing Fletcher's thoughts, not thoughts, but his, his, his teaching, essentially, of these things and how, you know, your brain is very rarely reacting to what it's interpreting in the world, but rather it, it's trying to interpret it. It's trying to make sense of of these things. And that's different for everybody, not just because of your senses, but because of what you're bringing to the table, your experiences over the course of your life. And so when you, you tack on top of that now, this psychosis that they're trying to do as accurately as possible from within the 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 limitations of of a game and like when he was talking about using binaural voices if you're playing with a with headset so that it represents those auditory hallucinations around you and the different things about trying to mislead the brain via different manipulations and things like that there were so many interesting things that they talked about that really, for me personally, propel this game up in terms of just how badly I want to play it. It was so bloody cool. Yeah, and and this was supremely interesting to me as well uh, because I've always been a turbo nerd. Like I've I've loved science. I love all that sort of uh, geekery that goes along with it. Uh, but also, I love the idea of getting more information on this because one of the things uh, we don't understand as a western society is mental illness we don't treat it like we have a tendency to not treat it like anything other than a regular disease and it's not and the fact that a game company a studio is taking the time to actually take the research take that information uh, about what actually goes into that and represent it is phenomenal because that does something that widens sort of that it brings a wider audience to view it. So through a media that maybe they wouldn't have thought they could have before or people that would have naturally dismissed it or said, yeah, somebody's just crazy, whatever, not a big deal. But now you get to see what happens and it's not done in the same way of like, Oh, this person, you know, says a weird word every third time or has a weird tick or, you know, it's, it's, it's not just superficial. They're actually diving into it and they're incorporating it into the production of the game in such a way that players get to experience a little bit about that as well. Like you're talking about with like the audio cues and purposely misleading the player's brain. And then again, going back to that science, because, and I thought this was really cool. 
uh, when they talked about how the brain is the only thing we have that doesn't directly interact with the world. Yeah. Um, even our lungs, everything else has an interaction somehow with the world. It only has its inputs to play with. So you can play with those inputs and then by doing so change how the brain builds that, that thought process or that visual or that scene. And that's kind of really fucking cool. Oh, that's phenomenal. Oh my God. And they're, they're not just like, like you said, they're, they're, they're not relying on tropes and things like that. They're being original, but the degree to which they are allowing the psychosis, the mental illness, the, the, the characters, um, it struggles the wrong term, but it kind of fits as well to influence gameplay and the manner in which the game is presented is pretty amazing because they, again, they could have gone with a very traditional, let's use a, you know, an RPG once again, Skyrim, because you love it so much, that kind of, of gameplay mechanic and, and the way that it's designed and then just make that character going through something. But it's not that. Like, the fact that they would make the entirety of the game one continuous shot from start to finish so that you never get taken out of character by editing. There's very little music, which is something that we love, but it's not always appropriate. Mm-hmm. And if you're going through a psychosis, there's no soundtrack to your life here. It's not going to be that way. The sound is going to be the 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 voices that you're hearing or how you're trying to interpret it interpret the the cacophony of of noise around you just under normal life um and things like that like there's a lot that's being done here right from the again that that one continuous shot to the limited camera movement to the fact that you're you're seeing what your character can see you're not seeing the entirety of the area and things like that mm-hmm. kind of like that that cloud of fog thing it, it's very, very fucking cool. One of the quotes that struck me, there's two, in fact. One of them, um, and it was Paul who said this, I think. Yeah. Um, he says, for me, it's very challenging to try and do experiments on that. But video games are the perfect setting because you're placed in an environment that you have to make sense of. What even the healthiest people do is miss out on a lot of stuff that's actually there. They they warp things to fit with their expectations. They build a world that fits their expectations. And in that sense, I think we're closer to hallucinations than we think. Much of what is going on around us that you feel you're perceiving clearly is actually your brain filling in the gaps. And then they'd also said, too, in this case... It really wasn't that it, it, it was more of the sort of a general discussion of the brain, the world, how it makes things up, how we're all much closer. And this is frightening, <laughs> all much closer to psychosis than we'd like to think and how you can incorporate that into a story. They know what they're doing here. And the fact that they brought in this Cambridge professor to help mm-hmm. to make it authentic again from the little bit that we saw before, because we've seen the mocap for this is astounding. And we did hear, uh, I don't think it was this E3. It might have been last year's E3 or it could have been a PAX. I don't know if you recall, but they talked about the sound engineering at that point, too. And we were fairly impressed. Mm-hmm. Now that we know this also, yeah, this is 
this has got me really, really friggin' impressed. I, I'm looking forward to playing this game. This this moved it up to an instant buy for me, yeah. honestly. Like, I'm not even going to lie. It, it honestly did because that much care, that much reverence being put into it. You have to reward it. Yeah, that. you have to reward it. And because I want to see more games do this. I want to see yep. more developers take that time, that care to explore things in different and new ways that, that are, I, I don't want to say reverent to what they're doing, but like that the, they just pay mind to it. Like they understand that, you know, it can be done better. So let's do better. And that's exactly what they're doing. So it yeah, made me think by, it made me think very much about dishonor too, with the, listen, all your women character yep. are either hordes or whores or maids or whatever. And they made that change. And here we're getting a development studio that's saying, we want to show respect for people who are going through mental illness and also to show people who otherwise would feel like, oh, that's a problem they're never going to have to deal with. You don't know that. And in fact, that that degree of kind of losing it a little bit is a lot closer than you think. So nothing but respect for that. And I cannot wait to play this. So let's move on from there. What did you think of that Citadel forged of uh, forged with fire? So it's interesting, right? Yeah, it's I'm on the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is Blue Isle Studios is creating a new game. Uh, It's the same team that was behind Slender, the Arrival and the free running adventure Valley. And they have a brand new game coming out uh, that is high fantasy. It's they call it a open world online RPG, uh, which is a fancy way of saying online sandbox uh, that's fantasy themed. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and it looks like they're going to reward players for literally being able to go anywhere, or do anything as a mage who gets a shit ton of spells and can do all sorts of weird, cool things as you level up. Like, I don't know, throwing towers with your brain. Uh, so it looks from the visual standpoint, it looks very much like Skyrim to me in that regard, which is again, not a bad thing, but it just, it's just throwing it out there. Um, and I'm curious how they're going to implement the building system. They showed pre-constructed buildings and they showed pre-constructed towns that players built. Um, I'm curious how that's going to work. It, it almost strikes me like a high fantasy version of Ark survival evolved. Kind of. Yeah. I thought again, it was interesting. It's a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. I, it, it's definitely not one of those types of games that I'm like, okay, I cannot wait to play this freaking game. But you look at it and you look at the fun that there appears to be in the game to be had. And it, there's a lot. I mean, I'm, I didn't grow up in the Harry, Harry Potter era kind of thing. That was our kids read the books and, and watched the shows, not us kind of thing. But when you're seeing these guys on their freaking brooms (laughs) with their wands out shooting at each other, Mm -hmm. I was thinking there's a lot of Harry Potter fans right now that wet themselves because it it looks gorgeous. The handling really looked solid and it just looked like a lot of fun. The only downside, of course, is is that they, they created this wonderful environment with a ton of lore. But there's no mention of whether or not there's going to be any actual story or questing yeah. or game error, things like that. So that's the only thing that I feel kind of may hold it back a little bit. However, like you said, it's kind of like Ark, except in a fantasy setting. Well, Ark kind of proved that 
there's a lot of people who are down for that kind of game. So oh, yeah. if, if it's got enough lore in it so that when you go in, you, you have that sense of belonging in another world kind of thing and that it all makes sense. And there's a lot of things to see and pick apart as you're going through. Kind of like it makes me think of Destiny kind of thing. Then that'd be awesome. That'd be a ton of fun. See, my question or my only concern is how they're going to do that, because one thing that ARK has done since it's it's been in development and it's still in early access, it's not actually fully released yet still, um, is there dungeons. There are things that exist in the world for players to work towards doing. There are world bosses. There are things that you can spawn and interact with in the world. Uh, that are are sort of end game things. They're goals. They're things that you can do. You can also just sit on the beach and kill a random dinosaur every day and eat the meat. Whatever. You can play the game your way. But there is something that they've put in. I don't see anything like that quite yet here because everything looks like there were at least from what I was doing with my my research on it. Everything seems to be player driven, player driven, player driven, player driven. If that's the case, and this is my concern that can get very boring very quickly if it's set up like that because one of the things ARC does is you have to have your own server or you have to join somebody else's server. It's not just a persistent online thing where everybody logs into. Um, If that's the case, then it's going to be really isolated and you tend to run out of things to do sometimes. Oh, yeah, but see, this is where I would say that, and and we, we quite literally discussed this several episodes back and you had brought it up where, because it was between episodes, one episodes I, I, I was saying for um, the fantasy MMO, uh, I was saying how I, I, I don't like this. I, I'm not as crazy about this idea, but then the following week when talking about wild West online, it was like, because of the setting, I'm far more all right with it. And that's what I kind of got from this. And again, I put it in the show notes because also we are going to be talking about wild West online, but that idea of, a sandbox feel if it's in a setting if if you like that sandbox you really like that sandbox the odds are there that you're you can make yourself a lot of fun again same thing with the wild west online with that idea of the old western of you can do whatever you want in there within reason it's like Dude, yeah, fuck, I cannot wait to do that. So for people who are into that high fantasy, the old wizards and mages and stuff like that, I can see how Citadel would really offer up a lot of fun for those. And I think that it's people like that who are going to keep it going. So, yeah, there's, sure. there's not likely to be nearly as much um, player-driven content that they're making themselves. But I, I have a feeling that what will be in there has the potential to be fairly substantive. If, if again, people are really staying true to that passion, then if they dive in, they could they could do a lot of cool stuff in there. And that's going to be, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to keep my eye on it for sure uh, because, I mean, who doesn't want to fly on a broomstick and throw lightning? Or depending on what they do with the game, maybe I levitate and have a machine gun. Who knows? It could be anything. Somebody's going to set up a Quidditch field. You know oh yeah, it's going it. to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. So and and it's that kind of thing that again not a Harry Potter, I don't want to say fan because that makes it sound like I don't like them, but I I don't I'm not in that stratosphere. But those who are, again, picture going in and somebody After has created one and you can somewhat play around and and do stuff. Pff, that'd be fucking awesome. 
So let's move on from there now to Wild West Online because we got some actual gameplay footage. And it was fucking awesome. <laughs> First of all, this game is gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. There was, I'm hoping they're going to add more settings for the appearance because it was pretty limited. Looked awesome, but it was pretty limited in terms of what you can do. But then they plopped him down, dude, that they created right in the middle of a town. And there's a saloon, there's a bank. There's. I like that the bulletin board has a newspaper that they are going to keep working on because that's part of their world building so that you can see what's going on in the world. I really like that because not only because they're going to be incorporating player events and in-game events into there, but also because it's forcing the player to rely on that to get their news. We've gotten so used to living in this digital age where you find out on Twitter as soon as somebody has passed away, as soon as there's been a military coup or something going on or anything like that. We live in this age right now where news is not just at your fingertips. It's the moment it happens, you know. There was a time when you had to wait for the paper. And that's where you got your news. And I dig that. I love that it's incorporating real people, the players. And I love that it's going to let you know what's going on around town and things like that. And I love that that is where you're going to get your your information on this world kind of thing. And I, I think of it in terms of, you know, new paper goes up. You're going to have several people hanging out by the bulletin board, reading the paper, maybe interacting as well. And and that's going to be a little player hub kind of thing. Fuck, I dig that. Awesome. Yeah, I was actually really impressed with that idea, like with what I saw. Um, the visuals to me are still Red Dead Redemption-y. Like, I know that they're still in pre-alpha, so I'm hoping that what I'm seeing right now is just going to progressively get better. Um, I love the setting. I love everything else that I'm seeing about it. And I love the idea that they're actually going to have participation from the devs continually and not just rely on yeah. players. Because I, I per, and this is just my personal opinion, I think that a blend of the two is when you have the best experience. Because if you let players set bounties up, fantastic. Uh, if you go ahead and punish the players like we know that they're going to when you do really bad things like rob trains, uh and have that sort of infamy system in place that you as a dev are keeping up and, and, and circulating to the players to make sure that there's always something going on. That's cool too. Uh, or, you know, let's say there's an event where, or, or something where the train schedule shift or stagecoaches shift or a new town springs up. It is the wild West as you know, this is what people were doing back then. There's a ton of opportunity to do so many cool things and it sounds like they're they're really keeping an eye on it and like they're going to do it. What I like about this is that when you look at at uh, at most MMOs there really isn't much of a reason to play an alt other than a different type of of gameplay other than you need one of the holy trinity be it a tank, a healer, or a DPS, and so you're going to level up one of those. We've all leveled up a class that we didn't really want to play, but because our guild needed it. And there's really not much of a reason to play through the experience, though. You just try to level them up so that you can use them for those encounters later on, be it a dungeon or raid. There's a reason for alts in this game, because 
you're going to want that train robber. You're going to want the person that is going to, much like in the old GTA days, try to get up your wanted level as high as possible just to see what's going to happen. And you're going to be the Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. You're going to rob trains and have a lot of fun. And then you're going to get that side of the experience where you're the bounty and they're coming for you. But you're also going to want to make alts so that you actually can be be it a deputy or somebody who just grabs the bounties. I love that system. Just grabbing the bounties off the board and you can have up to three and then go out with a partner and go grab your bounties. And so you can do that as well. And because of the manner in which the game is going to be designed with that bounty system, if you are are getting your bounty too high, well, you're not going to be waltzing into towns and saloons and things like that because the, there's going to be NPCs also around. I don't know whether they're going to be chasing you as much. Presumably they will, but I don't know. But you're going to want a, again, essentially a light side character so that you can be hitting up the saloons. Each of the, There's going to be a saloon in each town, and each one is going to have different gambling things in a back room like they showed one that had poker and roulette there's going to be different games there's going to be cards there's i like how they said you know quote unquote other recreational activities and brawls and and whatnot so there's going to be a lot of things that you can do whether you are the deputy or the train robber and to me that's fucking awesome that again it gives you a reason to have multiple characters playing on the go because there's going to be so much cool stuff going on. In terms of the the aesthetics, I actually liked it. Is it ultra realistic and and, and looks perfect? No, of course not. And it is, of course, pre-alpha at this point. So, yeah, there's a lot of time for it to change, but I still liked it. I liked the look of it. They took us to a couple of different settings. The one, like the forest, was lush, gorgeous the the campsite when they went at night and they got their bounty looked great and was fucking cool talk about a cool encounter too if you're with somebody else and splitting poor mike though he got shot and didn't get his bounty (laughs) (laughs) but uh but no it was really interesting i i really dug the aesthetics the the gameplay the manner which it was progressing it will be much like citadel once we're playing it to see just how much actual content there is, how much you can do in the span of not just what they've put into the game for you to play, but also what actual players are, are creating or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of really cool stuff here. I, I, the only thing that I'm not crazy about is because I remember this is one of the ones that they talked that's going to have a, a subscription fee which I'm not crazy about that for obvious reasons. But that's the only yeah. thing. Other than that, I'm sold. I It sounds freaking awesome. But then again, they're doing that thing where, you know, they're centralizing the servers. It's not like you have to go make your own individual server uh, or host your own. So I'm not as upset about that potential. Mm. So we'll see. Okay, and lastly, we're going to touch on a game that you uh, put me on to... Yeah, a few days ago, it wasn't that long. And then it was almost as if immediately after you posted that, everybody's fucking talking about it. And yeah. it kind of blew up. I still haven't tried it, but you did. So why don't you tell us about Antihero? 
So Antihero is all about running your own thieves guild uh, in the Victorian steampunkish era uh, where you need to become king of the underworld. And it's fucking awesome. Uh, So it is a the best way that I can describe it is it is an economy style game where you have to gather and spend resources. Um, But the style of it and the presentation of it plays very much like a board game. Yeah. And that's what that's what really set me onto it in the first place. Right. The visuals are great. They have this wonderful uh, if you're familiar with like Don't Starve, it's that type of art style. Um, The cityscapes are absolutely wonderfully portrayed on the boards. Uh, The characters have plenty of personality and sounds. And every scenario has tons of different ways that you can actually beat it. Uh, and you can play against your friends. So there's that too. So it's it was a surprise for me. Like it randomly popped up in my feed. I knew heard nothing about this, knew nothing about this. And I watched maybe about five minutes of gameplay before I was just like, you know what? Done. Absolutely sold. Uh, and I've been playing it pretty fast friggin' regularly since I picked it up a couple days ago. And it's easy to drop in and out as well. Uh, and there is actually a story with it, too, as your character, uh, Lightfinger, uh, the is on his way to becoming Master Thief, there's little vignettes uh, between each of the stages that tell the story about how your character is doing things, how your character came to be, introducing the lieutenants. Uh, so it's not just like roll dice and, and play cards, there's actual substance there. It's it's really, really fucking good. And it's cheap too. Like, I'm surprised with how cheap it is. I was really impressed with the gameplay footage that I saw. The only reason I haven't picked it up is because I'm actually waiting for the iOS version. So that is I don't know when it's coming out, but they did say it's coming out for iOS and it's a, a tablet game. Like, I mean, you look at it and it's oh, yeah. made yeah. for a tablet. I I looked at it and I was I was floored by the aesthetics of it. I, I think it looks phenomenal. And, and maybe that's because, again, I'm picturing it more on a tablet. So I'm like, this would be amazing to play on a tablet. I've, I've been playing, not to, to switch the topic, but I've been playing. No, not at all. I'm, I'm going to butcher the name. I know it, but <laughs> Tokaido or Tokaido. Oh, Tokaido. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been playing That's that. That's a board game. Yeah, it is, but it came out on iOS a while back. And again, one of those where it was like, I'm going to wait a little bit because the price was a little high. Not substantially, but again, if you're buying enough apps, it adds up. So I was I was waiting. A, a sale came and it was like, done, sold. And I've been playing the fuck out of that game. Mm-hmm. And it's super original, fun, and just flat out gorgeous. And so when I saw this, I was thinking, yeah, see, this is exactly the same kind of thing in terms of just having... A really nice looking board. It's not, again, it's one of those things where the more, not creative, but the more attention you can put into it, it it's not that it has to be super realistic. It's not that it has to be large in scope or whatever. It's just the style. It's just the aesthetics of it and how it's arranged that will determine whether it's pleasing to the player. And when I saw this game, Antihero, it was like, yeah, this is gorgeous. I I dig the art style. I hadn't even thought about Don't Start, but you're absolutely right. That's what it is. And I dig that art style as well. That very loose looks like it's drawn. 
Mm-hmm. Super fucking dig that style. So it looks great, but more so than that, it's a board game where th- thought is encouraged. <laughs> like <laughs> you have to consider where you're going to go next, who's doing what, whether you're going to attack this place now or not, well, not attack, but steal from this place and things like that. There was a lot of strategy going on and, and it was, it wasn't complex, but it still added complexity to the game. You know what I mean? So it, it works. Yeah, I really, really freaking dig it. And that's the thing, right? Like, and it's not to change the subject or anything like that as well. But another game that I've been playing real, real recently is uh, Ed McMillan's new game just came out uh, called The End is, is Nigh. And it's very simplistic in its uh, sort of presentation. Like it's. The visuals are not exactly super flashy. It's all about the controls and movement and platforming, but it, it zones in on it so well that it's just an incredibly enjoyable experience. And I feel like games that do that, like you're saying with Taikaido, uh, and in this case, any hero, when they zone in on that and they, they make that experience enjoyable, it doesn't matter if it's in 4K resolution. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's you know the most original idea ever or the most compelling story as long as it's done well, and these are, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I again, I'm looking forward to when it comes out on iOS because I'll be picking up right away. I, I'm quite looking forward to playing this game. Yeah, worth every damn penny, and I don't say that very often. Yeah, so that is actually going to wrap it up for this episode. Like I said, it was going to be a little bit shorter, but these few games that we wanted to talk about, we really did want to talk about it. So check out the show notes at forthelore.com. You can find us, of course, on Twitter at forthelores. Also, we are individually Joe's Loaders at J, Vince is Simodian, and I am Zen Buddhist. And you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. This Sunday, we are going to be doing our first Tales from the Loop episode. If you're not familiar with that, uh, Vince mentioned it several episodes back to talk about what it is and it's basically kids in the 80s basically think stranger things and we can't wait (laughs) it's gonna be a lot of fun like i said we're recording on sunday so i'll have it out early next week in the meantime go to the site and check out our last shadow run episode wherein we had marty from all comics considered join us and that was a fucking blast so as promised we are doing these more often without it interfering with our regular schedule as well so with that we will see you in a few days Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.